Our scripture this morning comes from Exodus chapter 20, verses 1 through 17. And since you just stood up and I just had you sit down, I'm going to let you sit down this morning. Um, But uh, Exodus 20, verses 1 through 17. And God spoke all these words. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself an image in the form of anything in heaven above or on the earth, beneath or in the waters below. You shall not bow down to them or worship them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God. Punishing the children for the sin of the parents to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing love to a thousand generations of those who love me and keep my commandments. You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God, for the Lord will not hold anyone guiltless who misuses his name. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you nor your son or daughter, nor your male or female servant, nor your animals, nor any foreigner residing in your towns. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that's in them, but the rest he, but he rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Honor your father and your mother so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God has given you. You shall not murder you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not give false testimony against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house, you shall not covet your neighbor's wife or his male or female servant, his ox or donkey, or anything that belongs to your neighbor. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. I almost said you may be seated. This morning is the third Sunday of the season of Lent, also the third Sunday of our series called Rehab. And so we're using the season of Lent, which prepares us for Easter Sunday, um, to talk about and to look at the process of rehab. Basically, the premise is this. We are all in need of some rehab. We are all in need of being made well and whole, which is what rehab or rehabilitation is all about. As people, as humans, as Christians, we are all in need of being made well and whole. We've looked at the wilderness and how we all find ourselves in the wilderness at at some point in time. We either get there by our own making, making poor choices by disobedience, Or God sends us there for some time of trial and testing. Last week we looked at intervention, and at some point on the path of being made well and whole, we have have to come face to face with the brutal truth that we are not well. And intervention has to take place. Sometimes we're the ones offering that intervention, maybe with a family member or friend who uh, has dealing with drugs and alcohol, and and, and that has taken over their life. Or other times our bodies will do the intervention for us when, when it's been abused. Last week we looked at Jesus rebuking Peter and for faulty thinking, and that was sort of an intervention on how and God 
God was uh, intervening um, there, and, and Jesus was rebuking Peter for faulty thinking. And we also talked about how God has intervened for all of us through Jesus and his death on the, on the cross, paying a, a price that we were meant to pay. And so this week, we, we're going to get with the program. You ever heard that before? We're going to get with the program? Just get with it. Get with the program. Meaning get in line. Those who have been through actual rehab for drugs and alcohol or physical therapy, you may be familiar with the phrase, working the program. I'm, I'm working the program. I'm working the steps. A fundamental component of rehab is that you need a program. AA, Alcoholics Anonymous, is famous for their 12-step program. But when it comes to rehab, a program simply describes the process a participant goes through in order to get well and whole. Done under the direct supervision of a sponsor, someone who has been there and done it. But a program is also best accomplished when you are doing it with other people. So one, you need a sponsor, you need a supervisor, someone more experienced than you. And second, you don't need to do it alone. You need others surrounding you for support. I want to suggest this morning that the Ten Commandments is our ten-step program as followers of Jesus. As such, we not only need to learn the steps, but we need to work them under the guidance and support of others. We work the steps of our program in the community of faith with each other. What's our program? Jesus, he summarizes the whole of it in two sentences. In Mark, it says, one of the teachers of the law, they came and heard them debating. Jesus was, was debating with some others, and so noticing that Jesus had given them a good answer, he asked them, of all the commandments, which is the most important? The most important one, answered Jesus, is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. The second is this. Love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. Jesus says that our program is simple. Love God, love others. Love God, love others. But in the 20th chapter of Exodus that we just heard, we get the full program. One, worship only the Lord God. Two, don't worship idols. Three, don't take the Lord's name in vain. Four, remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. Five, honor your parents. Six, do not commit murder. Seven, do not commit adultery. Eight, do not steal. Nine, do not lie. Ten, do not covet what other people have. I tried to show it up here on the screen, but you can see where Jesus' two commandments cover all ten of the Ten Commandments. Love the Lord your God, it covers those first four. Those first four have to do with our relationship with God, and the last six have to do with our relationship with each other, our relationship with our neighbor. So this is our 10-step our program as followers of Jesus. And, and even though Jesus provides you know, a convenient two-sentence summary, it's important for us to work the program throughout our lives. That's why our Ten Commandments are, are one of the first things that we teach our, our children Following these commandments is about character. 
They're about what we stand for as, as people of God and as members of the faith community. These are foundational principles for living in community with one another. So the question is, can we do this? And, and what gets in our way? Can we do it and what gets in our way? Lately, there's been a lot of talk about gun control. In the United States, we have watched far too many mass shootings, many of them in Christian churches, others in public spaces, non-Christian religious gatherings, and, of course, in schools. Immediately following the mass shootings at the church in Sutherland Springs, Texas, there were calls for church leaders and pastors to consider adopting security uh, measures to ensure the safety of their church members. Some have even suggested training uh, an armed security team or have the pastor arm themselves. You just don't want that. You just don't want that. You just do not want that. Don't think there's anything. I've had several conversations with some of you over the last few weeks or so, just randomly, about uh, how we can better keep uh, and make sure that our, our folks are safe while they're here in this building. I recognize that this is an extremely difficult uh, issue, one in which people tend to be very polarized in their viewpoints. I, I understand that. But as we face these difficult situations, it might do us well to remember our 10-step program. So here are some questions for us to think about. I don't know all the answers. I'm, I'm, I'm very quick to say that I don't know. I don't know all the answers, and this requires us to have a much deeper and longer conversation than uh, me asking you some one-way rhetorical questions from the pulpit. I recognize that. But I want to give you some examples of how we work through the, this program, these Ten Commandments, as Christians. So, for example, can we keep the Sabbath holy if we're carrying loaded firearms in worship? I don't have answers to this question. Are we willing to take life in order to save the lives of others? Likewise, the recent outcry by many women, some through the Me Too movement, would suggest that we need to work through the steps and some have some serious conversations as members of the Christian community around what it means to commit adultery or lie or covet. How can our 10-step program help us to be accountable to one another and to honor one another as men and women? Add even deeper layers to that because Jesus says, you have heard it said, do not commit murder, but if you have anger in your heart, you are guilty of murder. You have heard it said, do not commit adultery, but if you lust, you are guilty of adultery. How can we work our 10-step program together as a community of faith on these matters? And how can our 10-step program help us to make decisions about other important and often polarizing 
matters that we face as individuals and as a congregation. You know, most people who begin a program face times where it's, it's easy. It's easy to give up. It's not, it's not, they make mistakes, they want to quit, they break the rules. God is surely aware that as followers of Jesus Christ, we too face times when it's, it isn't easy to follow the program. We make mistakes. We break the rules. There are times when we want to give up altogether. God surely knows that these rules will be broken. But maybe the commandments, maybe following the commandments isn't about never breaking them. Maybe it's more about how we will stick to this relationship model of loving God and loving others. Yes, I messed up, but I'm going to continue to love God and love others. Yes, I have anger in my heart, but I am going to continue to do my best with God's help to love God and love each other. Yes, I've messed up, but I'm going to continue and keep going. I've heard people say, whether it was with physical therapy after surgery or, or beginning the process of, of recovering from drugs and alcohol or simply choosing to no longer give in to a bad habit, that they didn't believe they could do it. It felt impossible. They thought it might kill them. This is going to kill me. You felt that? You're trying to stop this or get over that, and you, you're trying, and you make those first steps, and th this is literally going to kill me. Every time I go on a diet, this is going to kill me. But at some point, they turn a corner, and they start believing they're going to make it, and they can do this. What makes people take, make that shift to start believing that they can Maybe, maybe, maybe it's not about believing. Maybe it's about simply making a decision, making a commitment to follow the program and deciding to trust in someone else and follow the goals set by someone else for our benefit. At some point, we have to take that step of faith, and you know what, Nike had it right, and just do it. At some point, we just got to... Take a step of faith and just do it. Whether we think we can or not, whether we are afraid or not, whether we think it might kill us or not. The good news is that we don't have to be perfect. And, and we don't have to work the program alone. God promises to be with us on that journey. John Wesley, the founder of Methodism, asked his newly ordained ministers, do you expect to be made perfect in love in this life? When I was ordained in this conference by our bishop, he asked all of us this same question. Do you expect to be made perfect in love in this life? And both John Wesley's pastors and myself and those that were ordained with me and ever since after have said a resounding yes. Because you see, responding with yes isn't about 
our ability. It's not about my ability. It's about what God is able to do with us and in us by the power of the Holy Spirit. Yes, we do have faith in Christ. Yes, we are going on to perfection. I'm not there yet, but I'm going on to it. Yes, we do expect to be made perfect in this life. But we cannot do it alone. I can't do it by myself. God perfects us in love as we work the program together, empowered by the Holy Spirit to do what we cannot do on our own. Here's what I want you to do. In your bulletin, you should have two purple sticky notes. If you haven't crumbled them up, because I forgot to tell you that they were in there and that you needed to hold on to them and not mess them up. In your bulletin, you should have two purple sticky notes. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to take one of them, and I want you to write at least one commandment that you struggle with. One commandment that you struggle with. And again, you look at, I won't, Alan, I hadn't committed murder. Well, what did Jesus say? If you're angry with someone, you're guilty of murder. I don't know, adultery. I love my, I love my spouse. If you've lusted in your heart, so write down one commandment that you struggle with, and then on that same piece, I want you to write down the name of someone with whom you're going to check in during the week on the progress you've made to deal with that struggle. And listen, you may be checking in with them and saying, you know what, I haven't made any progress. And that's okay. But this thing called life is not meant to be done on our own. It's meant to be done with the Heavenly Father, with the Holy Spirit, and with each other. That's why we're here today. I hope that's why you're here. I hope you're not here just because, hey, you know what, this is Sunday. This is what I'm supposed to do. But you're here because we need each other. And so I want, to make, I want you to make one of those, have the commandment that you struggle with and, and that you're going to commit to try to work on and then to write the name of someone that you're going to reach out to. And listen, if you don't have that someone, I'll be that someone. I'll be it. I mean, I won't talk to the preacher, but all right, I'll be it. If you need someone, I'm sure somebody else will be your someone. And so I want you... To take that, I want you to make that other one and make a second copy. Uh, and I want you to give it to that person who, who you're going to be, who's, who's going to be that someone for you. And so hold each other up. Hold each other accountable. We're not supposed to do this thing on our own. I hope you'll do. I hope you take this opportunity. I, I've shared with you multiple times about a group of pastors that I'm in a group with. We've been over four or five years, I think. I'm currently texting with them, you know, here, I've started this diet, I've started this exercise, please, you know, pray for me. Listen, this is what I'm struggling with today. I do it all the time. And if they weren't there, I don't know where I would be or what I would do. And so we all need a someone or someones. And so if you don't have a someone or, or you need some someones, start a group or get in a group. We've got Sunday school classes. We need to, we need to come alongside one another.
And so as we transition into communion, as you maybe continue to think and write, I'm going to pray for us. Heavenly Father, we just thank you. We thank you for the, the, the program, for, for your love, for, for, these, for these rules that, that keep us in check. Lord, it's simple to understand. Love you and love each other. It's hard to follow. That's why we need you, and that's why we need each other. And so whatever we're we're struggling with, Father, I pray over each one here today that you would begin to transform their lives. That you would... Allow them not to walk in their own strength, but in your power. And that when they're weak and when they're tired, they would not only lean on you, but they would lean on someone else who will pick them up and and keep walking with them. Lord, we thank you for your presence that's with us always. We thank you for your presence that's here today. In the name of Christ, we pray. Amen. If you would, turn your hymnals to page...